The Claude 3 model family by Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. Haiku is lightning fast and cost-effective. Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skills and speed. And Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Learn more at anthropic.com slash Claude. Hello, I'm Telus Demos for The Wall Street Journal, filling in for Dion Roboin. And this is the WSJ's Take on the Week, the show where we break down the most important things to watch in business and financial news. We cut through the noise to get you ready for what matters. So far this month, the Nasdaq is rebounding after a couple of down months. The tech-heavy index is on track for its best year since 2020. The broader S&P 500 is also on pace for a solid 2023 after it took a tumble last year. And it isn't just the approaching holiday season that's getting the market excited. Currently, we're in the midst of earnings season, with companies delivering their latest quarterly results. As of November 7th, 82% of S&P 500 companies reporting earnings so far had beat analysts' profit forecasts. That's a big help for the stock market. But a lot of analysts are lowering their expectations for fourth quarter results. One worry is that some of the challenges in the real estate market could spill over to a wider range of companies. So we'll talk about what to expect from an upcoming earnings report from a big retailer this week, Home Depot, and what the housing market might mean for home improvement shopping. But before we do that, let's talk about the most closely watched inflation indicators. The Consumer Price Index and the Producer Price Index are both due out this week. We'll find out whether overall prices on the things people buy, from gasoline to groceries, are continuing to rise a lot less than they were a year ago, but still faster than many would like. The September CPI reading was 3.7%. And so, in the spirit of the earnings season, we'll look at what this inflation reading could mean for consumers' pocketbooks, and also for companies' profit margins. After all, companies are the ones who have often been doing the price raising, but also paying higher costs to make stuff. To help us examine this, I'm joined by Nick Colas, co-founder of Datatrek Research. Nick, what will these two inflation numbers, the Consumer Price Index and also the Producer Price Index, tell us about what's going on, not just with consumers, but with companies? Uh, it's going to tell us a couple of things. First of all, it's going to tell us something very important about how many more Fed rate hikes we might have to go through because the Fed's been fighting inflation now for over a year and successfully but slowly, I would say. It's been a very slow slog. It'll also tell us a lot about how consumers' pocketbooks are faring into the very important Christmas and, and holiday shopping season. So if inflation's ticking up, that's probably pretty bad for the consumer. And lastly, it'll tell us quite a bit about how much pricing power companies really have at this point. It's been a kind of a wild ride for companies' pricing power and margins over the last 18 months, extremely wild when looking at the numbers. So it's going to be a very eventful week in terms of getting that inflation data and then internalizing and understanding what it means for a whole host of constituencies. So tell us what's been going on with corporate profits. There's been this controversial idea about what people have sometimes called greedflation, that companies have been using what's going on with inflation sort of as a way to add to their profits, pad their margins more than what was called for by um, just strictly how much their costs were going up. Where do you think the evidence stands for that idea that companies were really using inflation as a way to enrich themselves? Yeah, so let's look at a few numbers. Uh, corporate profit margins, net margins, meaning total earnings divided by total revenues for the S&P 500 companies. So just how much they make for every dollar of sales. Before the pandemic, 2019, it was 11.2%. So they kept 11 cents of every dollar they had in revenues. 
The most recent quarter is interesting because after falling quite quickly, margins went to like 11% in Q4 of last year. Now they're back up to 12, 12.1% in Q3 of this year. So they're stabilizing. There's very little evidence the companies made these huge windfall profits uh, from pre-pandemic to kind of the peak of the post-pandemic environment. And we are settling out at a pretty high profit margin level now, which is very good for companies, very good for stocks. Companies really just knocked the cover off the ball in terms of cost cutting in Q3. Revenue growth just wasn't there. But companies are clearly retrenching stealthily, but retrenching. And that margin number is very strong, probably stronger than the market really fully appreciates right now, which means that we, whatever happens next year, we go into 2024 with a very strong corporate profitability picture, which should help whether we get more growth or if we get some kind of shock or if we get just a, a typical Fed-induced recession. So we go into this with probably the best profit margins going into whatever uncertainty we face that I've seen in 30 years. Wow. So those net margins, that is like how much of every revenue dollar the companies keep. So what have been some of the factors going into that narrowing of corporate profits you talked about? Obviously, there's what they charge in the store for a box of cereal. There's what it costs to make that box of cereal. There's the labor input, the materials. Which part of that equation has been getting squeezed a little bit for companies since that peak last year? Yes, it's been two things, I think. The first thing is, you know, what analysts call mix. Um, how rich is the product lineup a company sells. So a company that sells cereal might sell a very expensive cereal and then a private label cereal. And as consumers- Private label mean like the, the generic that you might exactly, find with the, the, just, with the grocery know, store's name on it. Corn flakes, you know, in a white box versus the branded product. The branded product has a much higher margin because you're carrying the brand and what all that means and decades of history behind that brand. The generic product is just the commodity product. Consumers, because they were so pinched by inflation over the last two years, traded down a lot. And this doesn't go for cereal. This is like everything. And that trade down hurt margins. They kind of hit peak margins in Q2 of last year, as we discussed, and been declining since as consumers pull back. The second issue is labor costs went up a lot and have stayed up quite high. And it isn't just the raw cost of labor, but also the productivity of that labor. That has also crimped margins quite a bit because labor has become a lot more expensive. And on top of mixed declining, that labor has become a little bit less productive for a whole host of reasons. But the net effect is that we have margins that have come down over the last couple of quarters versus staying the same at very high levels. So what results do you think people are expecting in this upcoming Consumer Price Index report? And then what do you think that might tell us about companies going forward? What it'll tell us about for companies and for the economy is really how much pricing power they still have and how much in terms of corporate profitability can be driven by the top line, by revenues versus all the cost cutting we've seen more recently. So it's a very important indicator to understand where corporate strategy is going, particularly cost management strategy is going over the next year. If inflation stays high, okay, companies may not have to cut costs as much. If inflation's coming down, the dollar per every unit, then they're going to be a lot more cost conscious. That was Nick Colas, co-founder of Datatrek Research. Let's bring this conversation closer to home, all the way to Home Depot, one of the country's biggest retailers. We'll get the FYI on DIY after the break. The Claude 3 model family from Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. With models at every point on the price performance curve, you no longer have to make trade-offs between intelligence, speed, and cost. Claude 3 Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skills and speed, and Haiku is the fastest and lowest cost model on the market perfectly designed for high-volume, high-speed use cases. 
Join the thousands of enterprises who trust Anthropic to keep them at the frontier. Visit Anthropic.com slash Claude today. Let's get our toolboxes out and drill down into one specific retailer that is in the middle of the very complicated economic environment that American companies overall are dealing with. Supply chains, consumer spending, and the housing market. You'll find it all at Home Depot. Shares of the giant home improvement company were up 56% back in 2021, twice the S&P 500. But last year, and so far this year, they've lagged behind the market. The company's own guidance is for comparable store sales to shrink by 2 to 5% this fiscal year, in part reflecting how much its business boomed over the last couple of years. But it's also said it is optimistic about people continuing to spend money on their homes, noting that many houses are aging as well as being used more for working from home. To figure out what to expect from Home Depot's third quarter earnings report this week, I'm joined by the hard-on-the-street columnist who keeps track of the country's biggest retail chains, Jinju Lee. Jinju, what are analysts and investors expecting from Home Depot? So analysts are broadly expecting a slight slowdown for companies like Home Depot and Lowe's. Um, one thing I will say, though, is that the slower housing turnover hasn't affected home improvement spending as much as you would think. Most home improvement spending comes from existing homeowners doing work rather than from moving places. I remember during the pandemic, you know, like most people, I thought, oh, I'll do some DIY projects around the house. And I remember going to a Home Depot um, and asking, hey, you know, where's the lumber? You know, I'm looking for some projects. And and the, the, the person working there sort of chuckled at me. So I, how have those inventory bottlenecks and supply chain snarls that were sort of making stuff at Home Depot more scarce and more expensive, how has that been looking now? What will you be looking for in earnings on that side of things? The good thing for retails across the board, not just Home Depot, is that supply chain snarls, that's not an issue anymore. Like port congestion levels have come back to 2019 levels, and the decline in shipping rates are reflecting that. So there's other uh, pressures to input costs, probably like labor is still higher, but I'd say supply chain costs are not going to be thing that's going to make prices go higher. And port congestion, you mean like the number of shipping containers that are coming from overseas bringing stuff to those stores, right? There's just less traffic at those bottleneck points where like goods are coming into the country. And so what does that mean for Home Depot maybe this quarter? Uh, at the least, it means that uh, supply chain costs are not going to be like a headwind to their profits. You know, we don't know where other input costs might land, but at least that seems like the uh, item in their operating cost line that'll decline. And what will Home Depot's earnings maybe tell us about just the state of the consumer? Like, if there's a recession coming, would we start to see that in a company like Home Depot? What does the strength of the economy mean for people spending on stuff like home improvement and other projects? So if you look at past recessions, like the 2008 recession, for instance, that was obviously very housing-led. And as housing prices fell, so did demand for home improvement. But uh, if you look at an earlier recession, like the early 2000s recession, 
the spending on home improvement did decline, but by a relatively small amount. So I think it helps that a lot of the spending there is needs-based and not discretionary. So as investors think about what's going on with the housing market, what's going on with retail, what is like one thing that you'll be looking for when Home Depot reports earnings? What would you say is the standout number from that report that you might be looking for? As with all retailers, margins will be interesting. It'll be interesting to sort of see what the things that are headwinds and tailwinds to their income. Is it labor that's uh, continuing to eat at their margins? Is the... You you mean are are wages going up enough that they're making less profit on the same sales? Yes, exactly. And is the decline in shipping costs going to show up as like an improved metric. I mean, of course, if there's a huge surprise, if it turns out that home improvement spending is plummeting, historically home prices have held up very well with home spending. If uh, that doesn't end up being the case this time around, then we have to review that assumption. That was Jinju Lee from the WSJ's Heard on the Street team. When we come back... We'll talk about two giants of big box retail, Target and Walmart, and why their upcoming earnings reports might tell different stories about the American consumer. The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. Here's one more thing to keep an eye on this week. Continuing on the theme of big retailers, Target expects to report third quarter earnings on Wednesday, and Walmarts are expected on Thursday. These two giants are big parts of the story of the American consumer. But their stocks have been on very different journeys. Target was a stock market superstar in 2020 and 2021, rising more than 30% both years. Walmart shares couldn't keep up. But then Target's stock fell off Target pretty sharply last year and has continued to slide this year. Walmart's shares, meanwhile, were steady last year and are doing pretty well so far in 2023. What does this tell us? Well, for one, that although retail spending hasn't gone down, it may be changing. Investors may be worrying that people are going to spend less on the things they might have splurged on in the past couple of years, like a new TV, as they cope with the effects of inflation on their budgets. Target has used the term affordable joy to describe a key part of its strategy. So-called discretionary purchases have in the past been a big boost to sales. Walmart, meanwhile, has a greater share of grocery shopping, a key category in spending on so-called staples, the stuff you just can't live without. The question is, could these quarterly reports start to change the narrative a little bit? Maybe. If things like higher borrowing on their credit cards or the return of student loan payments start to really squeeze consumers' wallets, then discretionary buying could stay under pressure. But if inflation is cooling off and the job market remains pretty strong too, then people might actually be able to afford a bit more of that non-essential joy. We may find out some answers this week. And that's everything you need to know to take on the week for Sunday, November 12th. The show is produced by Jess Jupiter. We had additional help this week from Charlotte Gartenberg. Jonathan Sanders is our booking producer. Michael Laval and Jessica Fenton are our sound designers. Michael also wrote our theme music. 
Aisha Al-Muslim is our development producer. Scott Salloway and Chris Zinsley are the deputy editors. And Philana Patterson is the head of news audio for The Wall Street Journal. For even more, head to WSJ.com. I'm Telus Demos. Thanks for listening. The Claude 3 model family by Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. Haiku is lightning fast and cost-effective. Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skills and speed. And Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Learn more at anthropic.com slash Claude.